Well, welcome back to the AgView Pitch. This is Shay Folk with AgView Solutions. Today we have on special guest Jeff Cole, who is a strategic account manager in Indiana. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, Jeff? Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, Shay. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm a strategic account manager and um, mostly the western half of Indiana and then uh, you take like I-70 uh, north to the Michigan border is where most of my travels take me. Okay. And uh, how, how's it looking in that area? What are you, you know, percent planted? Obviously, that's a big question that people are asking right now. There's there's a lot of difference from farm to farm, but what, what would you say your region is there? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very um, popular question um, from a lot of places. And so it's something I think about a lot. And it's, it's tough to get our hands around because of the extreme variability in planting windows um, from area to area and quite frankly front to front that we experience so there's a lot of folks that are less than uh, sizable operations that are less than you know 10 percent of their corn planted um, all the way to 50 percent plus so um, as I do my best uh, tracking I I peg that most of us are somewhere around that 30 percent corn planted in that area and then you look at soybeans it's somewhere around 10 to 12 percent Okay. Wow. That is, that is a pretty big difference there. Now with the region that you're in, I would say you're pretty, uh, central corn belt. What does it look like for, uh, your corn hybrids as far as the typical maturity range? Are you, you know, 110 days somewhere relative in there? Yeah, that that's probably the midpoint. Um, I would say, um, actually majority are probably 110 to 115 day uh, maturities um, and it's kind of funny how mother nature has a way of um, teaching us who's boss we really had a great uh, growing season last year for really for the area at least ultra full season so I'm th- talking 115 day 120 day stuff that we really um, jumped into that you know in some places more than we ever have before and I would say that's probably peaked in uh, 2019 because certainly uh, some of those hybrids aren't as popular uh, as we're staring at June in the face. So um, there's a fair amount of um, what I would call the mid-season varieties as well, that 105 to 110 day typically. Now, um, okay. that could all change here shortly. And, you know, talking about that change coming up with prevent plant date on corn right around the corner uh, or the initial date at least and looking at weather conditions here the next five to seven days what are you seeing as far as product movement uh, in regards to switching from some of those fuller season hybrids are are producers changing are they kind of sticking with what they have what are you seeing in your area for the most part um, the farms i work with are, are holding to um, the varieties they have, um, those few windows they got early on, they were sure to plant the fullest season hybrids. And so there's not a whole lot of that left that they're too concerned with. Now, um, as we get into probably the second week of June, um, that's when I 
think a, a lot of us will revisit the conversation and consider, uh, hey, hey, is this too much of a risk to hold on to 113 day um, and plan to, you know, we're going to be up against uh, average frost dates, uh, even with the modified GDUs to black layer. So it's not a certain uh, problem at that point, but it's something that we're going to definitely revisit and see if we needed to switch in maybe some mid-maturity hybrids. Um, now, you, as you get to the kind of extreme north uh, of Indiana, that conversation, you know, started happening last week, and, and we are moving into some shorter season hybrids already um, because we're definitely in what I'd call that, that danger zone of um, a 114-day or 113-day hybrid, it, you know, is not going to black layer before we likely could see a frost. Right. And you've mentioned a few things there, the frost, the black layer. I know producers are thinking about what is this going to look like for drying this corn down. And a lot of people don't like uh, combining corn on Christmas if they can help it. So I I know these are important decisions that are being made right now. Uh, and, and talking about that timeline, too, it's well known. We don't know what Mother Nature is going to do. You alluded to that earlier. So last last fall we saw it a lot of producers were either harvesting late due to the wet conditions didn't get a lot of nitrogen put on how is that affecting what's going on here this spring well at this point and really probably for even a couple of weeks it's been a full tilt if a field's dry enough to plant that that's primarily you know what they're trying to do they're not worried about uh pre-plant nitrogen really at all so they're shifting to more of a, a side dress application you know liquid 28 or 32 um, and it's just primarily doing what they can to get something planted right so, yeah and i've said i've said it before a couple times but i think this year is maybe facilitating some some trial by necessity as far as some of the later season applications uh, whether that's producers using Y drops or you and I were talking earlier about even doing some nitrogen applications a little bit heavier and at different timing through the irrigation pivots. Uh, a lot yeah. to think about there. Yeah. Hey, we're going to learn a lot this year, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh silver lining that we found um, on a limited basis. We were planning to do some um late nitrogen applications through center pivots on a few farms that's kind of turned into a maybe we'll do this on quite a few circles so might be might be the standard operating procedure for 2019 yeah uh, uh, that might be the case uh, the trial <laughs> year turns into the um full full uh, fledged application year there you go um with this nitrogen issue and as I mentioned earlier, the prevent plant dates are right around the corner. Is, is that affecting people's decisions uh, in your region for what are they going to do with prevent plant if they don't have the products down? How heavily does that weigh into their considerations? That's a primary driver behind even considering prevent plant for the farms that I'm uh, in contact with. I don't think that they would otherwise they're still confident they can um, get something planted that whether they have to switch to beans even for late June but the fact that you know they 
don't have anything down or they have limited inputs, it certainly is um, forcing them to consider prevent plant on. And again, those are that's a limited amount of acres that they're um, in that position that they really are considering prevent plant more so than normal. Well, and it does make that decision easier uh, if it if it comes down to that. If hey, we need to be banking this prevent plant decision. If you don't have all that nitrogen on, uh, it sure looks a little bit better on the pocketbooks there. And and that's different from operation to operation, right? So you said a limited number of acres there. And I think one of the things that producers are starting to get really good about or getting better about is looking at the decisions that they're making on their farm. So with AgView Solutions, the profit manager tool that we have, an additional tool that we have sent out to a lot of clients this year. Uh, I actually sent five or six of it out right before this uh, this call that we're doing here. The, the prevent plant tool that Chris Barron developed looks specifically at the inputs that you have on the field. So it takes into account what are your land costs? Uh, what do you pay for insurance? How much nitrogen do you have down? And it pits that against um, the prevent plant, right? So the amount of money that you would be receiving through your insurance, looking at the dates, and then it also factors in uh, grain prices, your your overall yield, and how that affects your bottom line to say, hey, is there an advantage to prevent plant or is there not? So if there's anybody that's listening that hasn't reached out to us and said, uh, you know, I, I'd be interested in taking a look at that or maybe you thought about it, please reach out to us. We will we'll send you the tool. And if there's any way that we can help your farms, you know, we'll go over that a little bit more. But to, to bring it back around, I think this ties into my next question. How, how are the best producers uh, dealing with this situation, you know, outshining others right now? What are they doing differently that sets them apart? Well, it's become clear to me um, the exceptional managers uh, really are not influenced by other farms or neighboring farms or, or chatter necessarily. They're razor focused on what's best for and not only their farm, but you know what's best for really even field to field. It's um, quite impressive because there is a lot of chatter out there, right? But they're um, uh, most of them are extremely good at uh, zeroing in on uh, what is most profitable uh, for their for their operation, and they're all they're open-minded to what that answer is. Mm-hmm. So I've had more questions over um, crops outside of corn and soybeans, um, which you know doesn't equate to a lot of acres, but it shows that there's they're looking at other options um and they realize that hey we're we're in uncharted territory and they need to really be thinking for themselves and not necessarily just following the crowd so that's been impressive um and humbling from my standpoint to see how sharp a a pencil and uh dedicated to um making the right decisions they are right they really know their numbers and i've said it before they're not looking at the the next five days or the next five weeks, they're thinking, how does this affect us five months from now? Is this what keeps us profitable five years from now? So a lot of important decisions being made out there. 
it, if there's any any piece of optimism or advice that you could kind of give as we close here, Jeff, you know, what what do you want producers in your area to hear? And, you know, any of our listeners kind of throughout the Corn Belt, you know, what what's your perspective on what's going on right now? There are so many people working diligently. Um, I, I know firsthand that within our company and I know with a lot of uh, providers out around, you know, many different farms to to make this happen. Right. So, you know, weeks ago we were you know, in, in the war room is how I like to say it, of deciding what are we going to do as far as moving shorter season hybrids to where they are going to be in the right place at the right time and how are we going to manage through that and um, I don't mean to just be promoting Pioneer because I'm, I'm sure a lot of brands have been doing that too and um, really even roles of responsibilities have have been blurred because everyone's focused on doing whatever needs to be done to make sure we can um, help our customers you know get the crop in and um, make adjustments um, that that they're you know working towards so it's really, I think, uh, encouraging to to know how many people are um, supporting uh, each farm to to make it through this. Really, quite frankly, uh, you know, unprecedented spring. There's a whole army out there that supports the agriculture community, and it's not just the people that are involved with the inputs and the marketing and the grain hauling and things like that. Uh, you look outside of the community, people that you don't normally hear from that are reaching out and saying, hey, if there's a farmer in your life, please reach out to them. Say, I know you're going through a difficult time. We see what's going on. Others are starting to notice it at this point, And it's really incredible the amount of support that has been flowing in uh, that we've seen on our end here. So uh, great point there. Hey, thanks for being on today, Jeff. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yep. And as always, thanks everyone for listening. Stay safe and we will catch you next time on the Eggview Pitch.